Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're usually not live on a Friday night unless K-World is doing something. But tonight I wanted to do what I know to do best, and that is honor the gentlemen that are in my circle on Sports Talk Radio. And so that's Duck Riley, Tim Moore, Jason Collins, and Kevin Walker. Gentlemen, happy Father's Day a little bit early, but I do want to say it to you. Thank you so much, Princess. Appreciate it. Thank you, Princess. Hey, Princess, it is not early enough. Every day should be Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and you continue to say that. <laughs> Duck, if we can go with that line and no WVU talk tonight, we good. How about that? <laughs> I I'm not I'm not messing with Jason tonight, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Um, in the in, in the end, I really do want to get some drama rant conversation in there, but I do want to talk about dads. And for those ducks, um, Reverend is probably still going to get on. He's running a little bit behind time. But when Reverend Robinson does get on, duck, do not egg him on, okay? <laughs> 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 but, you know, I want to talk about dads and what it is to be a dad. And, Tim Moore, you know, I want to talk to you first, you know. Um, talk about fatherhood and, and talk about it from a perspective for me, if you can, Tim, from when you held your baby for the first time and, and then now, you know, how do you see it? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> it was it was really kind of a – uh, a strange thing. I was not, I mean, I've always liked kids. Um, I had nieces and nephews that I was really close to, but they were, they were older uh, when I was around them. And when my daughter, when I was first around her, I was, I was actually afraid to, to, to pick her up uh, because I, I was afraid I would squeeze her too hard or, or, or not know how to hold her the right way. But um that was that was a special time just to just to see some someone that was a part of me that was that small and uh um as she grew uh it became even more special as we shared times you know uh, her coming to be with me i was not married to a mother at the time but um uh we uh we really had some some really special times uh when she was a, when she was a young girl Amen. Amen. And now, you know, here we are, 2023, and I think her name is Morgan, if I'm not mistaken, and she is in med school or completed. She has a white coat. Tell me a little bit, and then we'll move on. Yeah, she uh, she, she makes me very proud. Um, uh, she um, uh, went to med school. Well, she actually went to grad school at, uh, at Georgetown, uh, George Washington in D.C. for a while, um, and uh, studied at their medical school there, got her degree a couple of years ago, and then went back down to Auburn, Alabama, um, to uh, to med school. She's been there for two years, just finished her uh, classroom stuff, 
and is uh, moving into the uh, the hospital portion, the uh, clinical portions of what she's doing there. And it's it's um, it's something I'm just uh, you know just sort of anxious every time she talks to me about it to hear uh, how she's doing and uh, um, just uh, just to see that she's living her dream. And uh, you know I've never had a never had a doctor in our family except for our extended family before. So this is really sort of uh, 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 uncharted territory for both me and her mother. Um, and uh, we're, uh, we're very excited about it. Amen. Amen. Duck, the same question, you know, fatherhood then and fatherhood now, besides the fact that you have to come out of your checkbook or whatever, but, you know, fatherhood then and fatherhood now. <laughs> wow. You know, Tim kind of summed it up a little bit, you know, also in college, I ended up having uh, Tori and with Jason and K World. They know my, you know, well, they know all the kids. But uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's kind of unreal, like because you 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 have your nieces and your nephews, and you're always playing around. But to have your own, I mean, that is special, Princess. That, that's probably one of the greatest feelings ever. Yeah, you know it is and, and, and have you know, <laughs> Audrey? She used to worry about oh, you know, she leaves. You know, you know, everybody needs a break. And I'm sure you went through this, Prince. You know, you guys need to sometimes get out the house and get some adult <laughs> conversations. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was great for me because I didn't look at it as babysitting; I looked at it as fathering. So we we. We get that, you know. We kind of held on to that as what we do. You know, we father. We don't. We don't babysit our own kids. So, amen. It's, it's just kind of, just kind of great. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it touches me even to talk about it because you know, they're they're so special, and you want you know you want nothing but the best for them. Exactly. You want nothing but the best for them, and you want to continue to shape the narrative and create a safe haven for them. Jason Collins, the same question to you, fatherhood then and now. Yeah, I, I would echo Coach Riley's thoughts. I, I can remember, you know, when my first daughter was about to be born and, and when she was born, just wanting to be the perfect father, you know, and, and in that, making a lot of mistakes along the way. Um and then once you get two, three, four in, you, you feel like you start to figure some things out. Um, I think now, though, like Coach said, you, you really just want the best for them. And even though they're, they're getting older, you still worry about them. Um, but I think the most important thing for me is just wanting them to know that you're there for them and, and that you'll do anything that you can for them. So it's changed a lot over the years, but um, like Coach said, it's just really special. Amen. Amen. Kevin Walker, last but not least, um, fatherhood, and if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Walker, you just had a high schooler to finish um, in, in to finish 12th grade, correct? Yes, and that's my youngest, to be honest with you. That's my, <laughs> my youngest, my last. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was young when I had my first child, um, a princess right out of high school, um, 20 years old. So he just turned 30 uh, last month. So I'm I'm up there right now. I just remember when, you know, going through that whole thing. And I remember him being born, and I remember seeing him come out 
and show his face to the world. And I, he looked exactly like me. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is, and I was so young. First and foremost, I was like, whoa. Secondly, I was like, whoa, yeah, glad he's mine. But no, I'll joke. I'm just kidding. But, but um, <laughs> no, I was just joking. Just joking, Lee. Just joking. Just joking. <laughs>
And she said, uh, <laughs> she said, she said, Dad, you know. And she handed it to me, and I, I just, I, I, I had a tear in my eye. It was just like, kind of like Kevin said, it, it's just, you know, those little moments. And and there was another time I remember, she came to stay with me one summer, and, uh, and this was when she was maybe five years old or so. Her and and uh, one of my buddies, two little kids that were same age uh, she was, uh, used to stay together. And she, they had done something that I asked her not to do. And she comes back to the house, and I was hot. And uh, so I <laughs> sent her to a room. I mean, I sent her to a room, and, and she goes back in the room. And uh, she comes back out right before she's getting ready to go to bed. She put her, put her night clothes on, and I'm sitting out there just seething. She walks out, and she <laughs> says, Dad, I'm so glad I'm here with you. And I couldn't be mad anymore. <laughs> I couldn't be mad. And I think learned at an early age, man. Oh yeah. I think Chuck knows there's a there's a very special bond between a, a young girl and her dad that, you know, you can be the toughest guy in the world, but a girl can get to you. Speaking of that, um, Welcome to the show, Morgan. How, what would you like oh to say to your dad? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I guess I should say surprise, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought you all would. Oh, see, Doug, Doug got me with this one. <laughs> oh, wow. This is where it is. See, I am on telling stories about you. Yeah, I heard all of them. I, I was definitely listening the whole time. Amen. Amen, Morgan. You know, we've got a couple minutes here for you to say happy Father's Day to Tim and, and, and your thoughts. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I've, I feel like I've told you in the past couple times of us getting together and hanging out, but you know, regardless of time or location or whatever it may be, I've never doubted how much you love me, and I hope yeah. you never doubted how much I love you. Um, that's one thing that, you know, for a fact, I know that my dad loves me without a doubt more than anything, and I just appreciate you for always being there even when you couldn't physically be here, um, and I'm just very happy you're my dad, and I hope you have a great Father's Day weekend, even though I can't be there. Um, and I'll just be calling you on Sunday, <laughs> sending oh, all my love. Wow, that's special. She's a, she's a good kid. Yeah. She's, she's really something special. And what she's talking about is that when she was five years old, um, her mother um, and her and her uh, she, her mother got married, and when she was five or six years old, they moved to Alabama, and I was still in Ohio, so it was a little difficult for us to spend time together. We used to see each other every weekend, and um, it, it's <laughs> just to hear that's uh, that's special. I love you, baby. Uh-huh. I'd like to know what Morgan did. We need to know. <laughs> we need four one one. We'll leave that for another day. Thank you, Morgan, for uh, oh, no for our, and thank you, Doug, for gathering the information for me so I can make this happen. Um, so and congratulations on your journey through Med School. Thank you. Um, thank you. We, we're cheering you on. Okay. Thank you. 
I'm glad I could be here. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this has been powerful. Tim, we got you, didn't we? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I was a little (laughs) speechless there. You know, it's just um, that's that's special. (laughs) All right, Duck, you know, tell tell me um, a special moment when, you know, you were – I don't, I don't even know if you did it, Duck, you know, um, gave them some strict instructions or um, just talk to me about that, Duck. No, well, you know, just like with Tim, I, I practiced when they were inside my wife on how to say daddy, <laughs> you know. You know, every, every night, dad, 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 you know. You talk, a lot of times they would come out saying it. So those, those were special moments. So. To answer your question earlier, uh, they all came out saying "daddy." They all did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you're Duck Riley. They knew the legend before <laughs> before everybody and also, else. And I also t- taught them how to, you know, I played uh, country road for them, so they all knew <laughs> oh. that song when they came came out. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Tori and Sean, did you all know Country Roads? How are you all doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you feeling, Dave Pop? I didn't know um, Country Roads, but I'm probably the only child that remembers my dad with Good. hair. You're not miss. Wait, you're the only one that remembers your dad with hair. See? <laughs> Okay. I do. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, the, hey, the, hey, the hey, Tori, Tim, I don't Tim, remember. Troy, Tim is my lawyer. Take her out the wheel, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Tim, keep me in. Give me the most. Give me the most. Because I'm the one that remembers all the, the, the good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Tori, Tori I, remember, hey. I remember when Duck had that big afro. When he was playing ball. <laughs> well, see, I don't see, I don't remember that. That was that was before my time. <laughs> uh, I had an afro. Hey, Sean, tell me a story about about your granddad before we let you go. Go ahead and give me some some good. Oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> after every game, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he always he always he always be honest with me after every game. I don't know. That's that's what I like. I guess. All right. Hey, hey Sean, just we get won't... ready for Sean, just get ready for those kitty cats, man. We got one on the line, so get ready. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred and ten thousand. Be ready. <laughs> Powerful. Tori and Sean, thank you. I appreciate it. Happy love you. Love, love you guys. so much. I love you guys. Hey, Jason, talk to me about seeing Daddy for the first time. Who said it first? Was it your son or daughter? Because I think you have food on two. I don't want to speak. No, I got, I got, I have, I have four. I had, I have three girls and a boy. We had a daughter first. Um, So Hmm. I'll be honest with you, Princess. I don't remember. Like, um, (laughs) saying, you know, the first time hearing daddy or if it was mommy or anything like that. Um, But I do remember a lot of the little moments, you know, like it's just the the little things that you kind of do throughout the day, like whether it's just 
singing contest or or play fighting with my kids. We used to do that a lot till they start getting too strong and and those punches started hurting a little bit. Um, just playing video games, just just all the little things that that actually make a family. But I will say, I, I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of about my kids is that they've always gotten along. Like I, I always hear stories of people saying that their kids fight like cats and dogs and they argue and they don't get along. That has never been a thing in my house. I think from day one, that was one of the things that we really emphasized that they were going to get along. They were going to be respectful. They were going to be friends. So we never really struggled with any of that in-house drama of, of our kids not getting along. And I think that's probably the thing that I'm most proud of about them. But my kids are pretty quiet and pretty reserved, Princess, so I'm going to be shocked if you were able to get them on this call. <laughs> well, I was about to say, Jay, I don't know what we like. We like where well, we go. <laughs> well, Dorinda, how are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Do we have the babies? Were, were you able to we, get them to come on? We have kids. We have Kennedy, <laughs> Jason, and Madison, all three of them. One wow. is missing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, let, look, can you get one of them on just to talk, say hey to Dad and say Happy Father's Day, or all three of them? Wait. I'm here. Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> Thank you, Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy is my most talkative one for sure. Okay. All right. All right. That is? Hey. Right. Jay, yeah. Jay, are you there? I'm here. Yeah, that that's 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 little Jay. He you're not gonna get a whole lot out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good then. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know what, Dorinda, thank you for responding, making sure. Um, I, I love these guys, and I just really wanted to try to make Father's Day something special from, from my, my side. So thank you, Dorinda. You're welcome. We're enjoying listening to all the memories. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, Kevin, you're up. I got it. Oh, man. Hey, you know, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> No, it's okay. Go ahead, Kay. Well, all right. Now I wanted to sneak, sneak a peek at the board, Princess, to see what the numbers were holding. Huh? But, <laughs> you were but, trying uh, to yeah, see they, if you saw recognize some phone numbers on this board. I He's did. On here. I did. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I saw it. And, 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 and I'm, I'm good, though. I'm good. I'm, 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 but um, yeah. To answer the question, yeah. I mean, I just remember the first some of the the, the big. I don't. Uh, I believe my first son. He said mama first. Um, well, now I believe. I know he said mama first uh, for sure. Um, I just remember some of the I just, some of the uh, you know the, the moments that stood out to me. I remember my oldest uh, Jordan. I remember him um, kind of like Tim when you, you tell them not to do something, but they you constantly tell them, but they weren't they weren't listening. I remember telling him stop running in the house, stop running in the house, and he would stop for a moment. Then and I would leave the room. He would go back to running, and all of a sudden he trips, <laughs> he hurts himself, he bites his tongue. And he and I had to rush him to the hospital. He had to get stitches in his tongue. I'm like, oh wow. Um, mm. I remember my daughter. Uh, one of the memories stands out, and, and Heather's listening, is when she don't want to tell the story. We have a video. We had a video, but we can't find it. But my daughter doing her hair, and her brush got stuck in her hair. 
that was really a funny moment. <laughs> um, my son Ty, my son Ty, um, this guy, man, he sticks a rubber nose, I mean, a rubber tire up his nose from a car that he was playing with. I had to take him to the emergency room to get it taken oh, out. Wow. And then, and then my young, yeah, and my youngest, it's always something, right? And my youngest. I just remember uh, playing football one time. We were playing flag football, and after the game, I just remember this guy. He's so fast. He was so quick, just running up this, this huge fence and trying to jump over it. And, I mean, it was huge. So, But, um, yeah, they, they, they all have great they have great memories uh, of my kids. They're very funny. Like Jason, they're, they're actually they're very close as well, Jay, and, and, and Princess. Um, so it's – I just I'm 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 a little nervous to see hear what they're gonna have to say, um, but um, go ahead, Princess, open up the mic. <laughs> Listeners, um, Kevin Walker can log into the system um, and see who's on here, and he did that once he saw how this was going. He said, "Oh, let yes. me go ahead and see." <laughs> All right, Kevin, how are you? Good. How are you, Princess? Really good. You hear him, don't you? He wouldn't check yes. to see if you were on there. I'm trying to he wasn't going to go on the board. <laughs> well, I knew it was going, so you know how I do. Heather, were you I able to leave the room? From him all like, week? I get out of the room. <laughs> he wouldn't know that I was going to call in. Were you able to keep it away from him all week? That, yes, that he, I was. you were going to call in? Yes, I was. Okay. I, I knew you were giddy for a reason. She was giddy all day. She was giddy all day. And I'm like, what the, why are you so giddy today? Why are you so giddy today? But go ahead, Princess. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I got you, Kevin. Any of the, any of the children yeah. with you? Is Ty with you? No, Ty's not here. They're all doing their yeah, own Ty's thing. Ty's with his girl. Yeah, they're doing their own <laughs> thing, Princess. They're, they're at that age where uh, Ty's in Queens. He's with his girlfriend. My daughter's in her room doing her own thing. They're, they're not going to. They, they, they look kind of like Jason. I mean, they, they talk a lot, but they don't like to talk a lot about me. Um, they listen to me, but we, we have great conversations. Right. So don't get me wrong, Princess, but they just don't. They just don't want to talk about that for whatever reason. <laughs> I know exactly right. how you feel. To other, to other, to other people. <laughs> to other people. <laughs> Heather, thank you. But thank you. Thank, thank you, Princess. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, guys, that was pretty cool right there. Um, Tim, I'm going to come back to you and talk about um, social unrest that went on a couple summers ago. Summers, um, did it bring back memories when you were coming up, and how did you relate to Morgan and talk about now? Um, That was, you know, Morgan's 28 now. And so yeah. she's uh, yeah. she's a, she's an old old person, say old woman, but she's an older woman now. And so um, when the social unrest in Minneapolis took place, um, she she was able to uh, sort of process it a little more than she was when 9/11 happened. And that one was a tough one <clears throat> because I didn't understand what was happening even. Um, I was living in Cleveland at the time. And I saw the planes go into the uh, World Trade Center, and um, for, my first thought was, um, I have a, a, a niece or a cousin, actually in New Jersey, who worked for Continental Airlines out of Newark. And when the plane from Newark flew into the World Trade Center, I first called her mother to check to see if she was on that plane, and I was really worried about that until we heard from her. It just so happened that she didn't go to work that day. And uh, I was like, thank, thank you, Jesus, for that. 
Um, and then I worried about my daughter. I started, um, I started thinking, I wonder what's going through her mind, because she was pretty young at the time. Uh, I called her mother, and um, we talked, and her mother um, said that um, she spoke with her, and the, her reaction was uh, one of confusion, which is completely understandable by, uh, for a young lady. And she just asked her mother, she said, well, why would they want to run a plane into the, into the, the buildings? And, um, you know, you do the best you can without overwhelming a young kid with information, uh, but to let them know that, uh, you know, there's some, there's some sick people in the world who do some things that you don't always understand. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit together with her about that and, and um, were able to kind of keep her calm during that period of time. But she was, she was uh, understandably quite confused and, uh, one of the things I, I appreciate about her mother, even though we never were married, was that uh, throughout her life, she's always worked with me uh, when something uh, important happened in Morgan's life. We would always talk about it, and then we would <clears throat> we would sort of have a coordinated uh, plan as to how we would explain things or talk to Morgan about it. And that includes the night when I had my heart attack. Uh, just, just uh, she's been she's been a tremendous uh, benefit uh, to me, and uh, I know guys who don't have that kind of situation, especially when you're not married. Uh, but she's been tremendous with me, and uh, we've always kept Morgan in mind first. Depend, de- 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 uh, de- you know, uh, uh, despite what our problems might have been, uh, we always uh, thought. Uh, what is best for Morgan? What can we do to keep her healthy and uh, and and uh, upright in what she's doing in her life? I like to hear that. I really do. I appreciate that. You know, and Duck, I'm going to turn this towards you. And that you know, troubled times are coming. I remember my parents and their reaction to Martin Luther King being being assassinated, and 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 hearing them cry and and not realizing that. You know, because I wasn't that that old. But um, y- your thoughts about 9/11 or social unrest two, two years ago? How did you talk to Sean as your grandson, or how did you and your children have conversations about you know where we are in 2023? Well, even though I am the leader of the house, I think my wife kind of handles <laughs> all of that. But anyway, but you didn't hear that from me, Francis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let y'all think y'all lead. We just let you all think whatever. And I take advantage of it too, friends. All right, man. <laughs> little, little bit about nine eleven. The, the scary thing about that, it wasn't so much I knew where my family was at, but to be in a school system and knowing that it, South Jersey, a lot of South Jersey parents. And K World and uh, Jason can attest to this. A lot of them work up in New York. Yeah, they catch they catch the bus or catch the train and go there. And I had a number of students when that happened come to my office. Toes, can you check on my parents? Can you check? And I had some parents called and calling me, saying, "Let them know I'm okay." You know, and Princess, that that was. I mean, that was that was real scary, you know, because you got so many kids, you know, it almost like shut down the school because that affected everybody. 
and then to watch them bring and talk to our kids about it and watch on TV with your family, watching them bring in bodies from New York over to New Jersey because they ran out of room. Mm. Wow. So, so yeah, that was that was pretty tight. I mean, that was that's probably something that you know you you, you hate to witness with your kids, but it also was able you know to talk about their feelings and how you know how they felt about what was going on, and like like somebody said, you know, hey, why you know like Tim said his daughter said you know. Why are they doing that? Why are they hitting the building? <laughs> and there are bad people in the world, so I, I agree with that. So that's kind of my story for nine eleven, Francis. Facing the same question, I was actually at the doctors at nine eleven, and I remember, you know, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and Duval County shut down. I had to, I left the doctor's office, watched the planes at the doctor's office. And then went and got the kids because, of course, the school system shut shut down. But your thoughts, how do you handle within your family, you know, those traumatic times? I don't even know if your children were around 9-11. But if not, then talk about how you handle other topics in, in, yeah. in the world of media. And, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any kids when, when 9-11 happened. I, I wasn't quite married yet. Um, but but obviously all the social unrest that has taken place over the last few years, that's something that we experienced as a family. And it's interesting because you can kind of see the anxiety on their faces as you're watching the news and you're seeing different things happen. Um, but I don't know. I think my approach is always, yes, yes, you want to protect them, but also you want to be honest with them and, and let them know like this is the world that we're living in. This is the United States that that you're living in, and there's these are certain things that you're going to need to do to keep yourself as safe as possible. So I really think it's just about having those honest conversations. And then the other thing too, Princess, is because kids now they they have the world at their fingertips with whether it's with their phones or their iPads or whatever, they have access to so much information. So. Sometimes they amaze me with the stuff that they'll come to me and, and talk to me about, uh, about social issues. And I'm just like, where did you learn that? Where did you hear that? But it's just because they have access to so much more information than we did as a kid. So, again, I really think it's just about wanting to protect them depending on their age, but also wanting to be as honest as you can about the world that we live in. Uh, you, Kevin, the, the same question. I, I think I think we're all at that era where we remember encyclopedias. I don't know if any of us, you know, went through <laughs> yeah. school or college with, you know, Google. Um, but Kevin, your ta- mm-hmm. your your conversation and uh, about you know troubled times and social unrest and, and what you would say to your children. Yes, um, kind of. Well, I had my oldest son and my my daughter. They were um, they were kind of young when nine eleven happened. I remember when nine eleven happened. I mean, it was on a Tuesday. I remember I was just waking up to to get ready for work, and my my, my wife had um, she had came into the room and said, "Kevin, Kevin, um, you know, a plane flew into the uh, World Trade Center." So I immediately woke up, turned on the news because it was on the news, and the second plane flew into the. And I was like, "That's that's not a uh, you know that's not a, an accident, you know." That's intentional. And I just remember, and what the, the scary part about the whole thing is I was actually in the first tower two months prior to that because I was actually working in Manhattan 
at the time, and I was in that particular building. I was in Tower One, and um, I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, that could have been two months. Had they you know playing that two months ago, uh, two months prior, I wouldn't you know obviously I wouldn't be here. But um, yeah, it was such a um, uh, a crazy situation. So I didn't really talk to you know my my oldest and my daughter at the time. They were a little too young. Um, they knew what was going on, but I didn't really have a conversation with them. But as far as the you know everything that happened these past couple of these past few years, as far as the social injustice um, situations, that I did have a conversation with with Ty and Braylon, my 19 year old, my 18 year old. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had that conversation because even though they are, you know, they're mixed, you know, they're half white, half black, you know, um, you know, people are going to view them as black first and foremost, especially in the area that we live in. It's predominantly black and, and Hispanic in, in the area that I live in. So they're going to either be looked at as, you know, black or they're going to look, be looked at as, as Hispanic, as Hispanic. Either way, they're going to be looked at as a minority. So I sat them down and had the conversation with them, you know, as far as, you know, looking at the news, watching the news with them, letting them know that, listen, even though you're, you're half white, they're not going to see that part of you. They're not going to see that part of you, first and foremost. So I sat them down, let them know, this is what you're going to do, you know, when you go out. Because they were at the age at the time, you know, where to go or not with their friends, whether it be the mall, whether it be the beach or whatever, what have you. And I tell them the same thing, you know, when they go out. I let them know, like, let me know when you're going out, where you're going to be. And I just tell them the same thing. I, I broke it down to them how you handle certain situations. And then when they tell me that they're going out, I just, you know, I give them a pound or give them a handshake, and I say, you know the drill. So they know the drill, and they know, and they're like, yes, I do. So it's, it's um, you know, when they get older and they get to be this age, um, it's really – I love it. I don't know which one I love most, them being younger or them being at this age, because sometimes being at this age, they think they know more than, than you do. But um, at the same time, you, they, they still <laughs> understand that they don't know everything. They don't know everything. So it was a good conversation, and I'm glad they understood, um, you know, the severity of the uh, of the situation for sure. Princess, could I, could I say something? Because um, Kevin, yeah. Kevin made me think of something with regard to the social unrest that's happened the last few years. I did have a conversation with Morgan, um, even though, you know, when, when 9-11 happened, she was six years old. Uh, this happened, she's a grown woman. But now the dynamics are different. And I had a conversation, a very clear conversation with her after Fernando, uh, was it in Fernando Castillo uh, in uh, Minneapolis got shot in the car, um, yeah. you know, obeying, obeying what the police told him to do. And then, um, and his woman was in the car with him, and his baby was sitting in the back seat of the car uh, when that happened. And then the the George Floyd thing. I did have a conversation with Morgan about being out on a date and maybe, and perhaps being stopped um, for her um, to just kind of keep her cool and not be the uh, the head wagging, you know, hand on the hip sister right. um, while right. you know this kind of arrest is going on. And I and I got the idea because I was talking to a friend of mine who's a who's a police detective in um, Virginia Beach, and he was telling me that he does training sessions with with black kids, and one of the things he tells them is that I've never I've never seen anybody win a street trial. What you need to do is stay alive long enough to be able to take this situation to court, and you'll have your time right. to speak then. But stay alive in the situation, and I. One of the things I did talk to her about is um, they will focus more on the African American man and try in terms yes. of trying to intimidate and, and, and physically uh, uh, perhaps assault him 
but don't make his situation work worse by running your mouth too much when you're out with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Now that's a that's a key point. Don't say you know. Don't work it up to in, any more than it exactly. already is. Kind of stay quiet right. for sure. Right. Um, gentlemen, I appreciate you all. I really want to turn it towards sports if I can. Um, and Tim, I'll stay right with you. I want to know your reaction to John Morant and the suspension today. Your thoughts about that? Um, did you think too little, too much, or, or, or just right? Well, it was less than what I expected. And I saw in the thread, I think Kevin and a couple of other people commented as well. Maybe Jason commented that they were expecting more. I was too. I was expecting it to be maybe a half of a season. But then when I saw that he's losing $300,000 a game, uh, which yeah. uh, which means it's going to be $7.5 million that he's going to lose um, and have no contact with the team, uh, it's effectively going to be about a half a season because he uh, he's not even mm-hmm. able to come to the facility. He's not able to practice with the team. He's not able to have any contact with them. And so it's going to take him uh, a quarter of a season before he he's able to round back into shape and, and get into the flow of what the Grizzlies are doing. So I guess in a way, uh, in a way, it, it, it is a, uh, a fairly severe uh, suspension, uh, although it is less than what I expected. Yeah, it gets even more severe, Tim. And I'll move to you, Duck. Um, but so because he's going to miss that first twenty-five games, he's going to miss out on bonuses up to forty million. Um, so right. that's also included. You know, it's it's. Uh, just poor decisions. I'm really praying for John Morant to get this right and turn this part around. Duck, your thoughts about the suspension announcement today? Yeah, like like K World, Jason and Tim, and I'm sure you questioned. I, I I really thought it would be more. I, I just think it's just so unfortunate that someone in that position that could possibly help so many people, you lose seven point five million dollars. You know, in my lifetime, I would never make that. Right. And for you to for you to give that money back to them, I, I don't get it. I guess that's why he uh, hired uh, Shannon Sharp to be his agent. You gonna say Kevin? <laughs> no, I was gonna say that's why he left uh, undisputed, <laughs> Coach. Because he got a new gig there. <laughs> He's gonna go do diversity changing with John Morant's dad or something. But um, Jason, your 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 thoughts about that? I I thought more and. I don't understand how the lure and the attraction to brandishing or showing a gun on Instagram is worth seven million dollars. I I don't I'm lost here. Jason. Yeah, yeah, princess, I'm with you. And like you said, with with the with him missing out on some of these incentives and bonuses for making an All Star game or being on the All NBA team, it could end up being 40 or 50 million dollars by the time it's all said and done and I think when you're young and you've got your whole career ahead of you you think I can make that money back but I guarantee you there will be a day that he wishes he did not let all that money go but I kind of want to look at it from a different angle too like they always see John Morant's father around him all the time 
Like, for instance, I could never imagine acting that way in front of my parents or doing anything that would embarrass my family. And so I'm just wondering, like, what that relationship is like. Your dad is by your side all the time, and you're out here in the public eye acting a fool. Like, when is his dad going to pull him aside and say, hey, man, like, you're embarrassing us here. So to me, that, that's one of the most baffling parts about it because I, I know as a young kid in high school and college, we've all done dumb things, but I know I was always thinking about, like, I'm not going to do anything to embarrass my family or, or make my mom or dad be disappointed in me. And I, I just I'm, I, I struggle to understand that dynamic between Ja and his father because it seems like they're, they have a friendship instead of a father-son right. relationship. I, I think they're boys, you know, that they're down with each other. But um, we were in, um, a, as a child, I was at the same school my mother was teaching, and then where she was an assistant principal. And every day she would look at us as we could head, to, you know, to the classroom, be good citizens, or come on down there and visit me now. We can go and get the ruler out. <laughs> 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 and that was in fear, and, and, I, and I carried that on even through college. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I didn't want to disappoint my grandparents. We were standing on their shoulders of so much that they did to get us where we were. My grandparents right. did go to college. Um, and the late, my, my mom did, and then we did. So it's amazing. Kevin Walker, your, your thoughts about John Moran in 25 games. What does that say about you know, Adam Silver, too? I, I thought he'd be a little bit tougher than that. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I thought it was – I still do think that it's, um, you know, it was a little lenient because I was expecting, um, you know, I was expecting at least 41 games. That's half the season. And I wouldn't have been surprised, as I stated on Tuesday night on our show, is um, that I thought, you know, if if he got a year, that, that would have – you know, I wouldn't have been surprised uh, on that. But the more I think about it, Tim actually made a great point there as far as the 20 – I didn't realize the 25 games – um, until like he had no contact with the team, he couldn't be in the facility. Obviously, when you break it down, game by, you know, uh, game paycheck, he loses seven and a half million dollars. And then you know you have to get back into you know once he's uh, eligible to come back, then you know he has to get get back into the to, to the groove of things, if you will. And that can take some time. He's not going to have a, he's not going to have a training camp with these guys. He's not going to have a preseason, right. and obviously he's not going to have a, a regular season. Uh, you know for those first twenty five games. So that plays a part into it. So I mean I, I think that maybe Adam, I don't know if Adam Silver was was looking at it from that aspect, but Tim made a great point there. Didn't look at it. I didn't look at it from that aspect, but um, uh, I think, you know, if you look at it from that, that standpoint, okay, I, I can say, okay, then, then that, that's fair for the most part, but I was expecting 41 games uh, minimum, and then, like Jay mentioned, you know, he missed out, you know, since he didn't make uh, you know, the all-star game and uh, first-team All-NBA because of these antics, he lost out on a chance to be eligible for a max, super max deal um, as well. So you have to look at it in that aspect as well. So all of this is actually, you know, when you look at it from, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's fair. A lot of people say he should have been suspended for at least a year, 41 games, whatever the case may be. But when you look at the grand scheme of things and all of the money that he's, that he's it's costing him – um, then I, I say it's fair. <clears throat> and I say if you hit him in the pocket like this, maybe some of the yeah. ones that are hanging out with him 
go ahead and and move move away because when you get down, you look yeah. around, some of your friends are not there, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, John Morant needs to mature, um, to say the least, for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to end yeah, on this one, and I'll stay with you, Tim. No, I, I was just thinking about what you said about his friends. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a very good friend who was the head of Michael Vick's foundation at the time when he went through his situation. And um, she's done. She's bounced back quite well now. She's in Minneapolis and is the uh, the, the vice, executive vice president of the Polat Foundation, the family that owns the Minnesota Twins. And she's married and has got a family. But she told me that one of the biggest problems that he had was pulling away from his friends, that they were they were the biggest drag on, on what was going on. And in the end, when push came to shove, just like you said, they were the ones that turned on it. And he was one, paying all the, the bills. He was paying all the bills. As a matter of fact, when a couple of them were his cousins, and they got his yeah. cousins to flip yeah. on him. And exactly. And those were the ones that really were the ones that took him down. You know, I had friends in high school. I was getting ready to head off to college and they were getting ready to go out and you know I'm like well what are we going to do and they're like and they said to me you're not going to do anything you're headed to college in two days with your nerdy self you're going to go home (laughs) and we're going to go get in trouble by ourselves and sometimes you you need friends like that Kevin I want to see what you can end it on this one guys and talk about Zion Williamson is he done as an NBA player is he done in New Orleans um, I'm going to say I'm going to answer the second question. For, uh, second question first. I'm, uh, second part, I should say. I think he's done in New Orleans. I, I think they're they're pretty much, um, you know, lack of a better term, fed up with him. You know, because it doesn't seem like he wants to to get right, if you will. <laughs> he seems like he can't get right, <laughs> and I just don't know what it is. It's one, it's one thing after another, where the, whether it be his weight issue and then this whole thing now with uh, with, with, with 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 his child, his his um, expected child. That I just seems Talk like he's that. not focused on the game. No, nah, I don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna go there with that. <laughs> but um, we all know. We all know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think that you know, it just looks like that he's not focused on on the game right now. And I think that um, uh, the, the Pelicans are starting to realize that or have, have they already realized that. Um, I don't know if he's going to get another spot, but I think that they're looking to trade him. And I think someone will, will uh, you know, will trade for him and maybe they feel like they can rehabilitate, you know, whatever, you know, whatever term you want to use, help him out, you know, get the, uh, you know, the second act going, uh, if you will. But I, I definitely think he's done in New Orleans, and but I don't think he's done in the NBA. He's too much of a talent, and I think there's a lot of teams and a lot of personnel, a lot of personalities out there, executives, who can, you know, get, have him get right, you know, if you will, put him on the right track, put him on the, you know, right, with the right nutritionist, get him, get his head in the right situation. There are cultures out there. I'm not going to say the heat, uh, the heat culture, but there are cultures, you know, because you got San Antonio who, who does the same thing, you know, as far as, you know, doing everything the right way, not condoning nonsense. But I, I definitely think he'll be in the NBA um, next season. How long, that, that's, that's up to him, but I think he'll be traded nonetheless. Jason, a couple of things, you know, um, 24 games he played in, in the 1920 season, 61 games in 2021 season, 29 games in 22-23. He, at, at best, he's not durable. He's not available 
um, at that kind of money. And, and we're not going to even talk about how social media has really just outed all of his personal life. But mm. your, your thoughts about his value on the court. Well, I, I've been saying this for a while about Zion Princess. I've always said, like, I think he likes the idea of being in the NBA and, and all the things that come with it. But I don't know that he really wants to put in the work that it takes to be a, a great player in the NBA. Like, obviously, he's super talented. But I just think he enjoys the idea of being in the NBA but isn't a guy who really – wants to do the work. So I think K walks right. I think he's done in New Orleans. Obviously there'll be a team out there that's enamored by his talent and, and is going to give him an opportunity. But I really think three, four, five years from now, we'll be talking about this guy as someone who did not maximize their potential and really end up being a disappointment. I don't know that I believe he's ever going to get it turned around. And, and even let's say mentally he's right. He gets back out on the court. Like, if he's struggling with his weight at 21, 22 years old, like, what do you think it's going to be like when he's 28 or 29? Like, I don't know that yeah. he's going to be in better shape down the road. So I just think there's a whole lot of red flags with Zion. So for me, I would pass. Yeah, and our metabolism slows down when you get older now. <laughs> <So that's... laughs> and Jason and Tim and Duck, he's 22 years old. Right now, yeah. he's 22. Um, I think he'll I be 23 before the next season. He's 22. He still has so much. But is this, um, is this you know, young meets money, meets poor decisions, and I discover what this money can get me? All of that? Yeah, I think some of that. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think some of it, though, is that he has not been – placed in a situation where he had uh, strong leadership um, around him after he left Duke. Um, I think he's been, you know, he was handed a bunch of money and not given a structure that demanded very much of it. Uh, Charles Barkley said something when he first uh, was coming into the league. He first of all said he's too heavy to uh, to be successful in an 80 uh, two-game um, season uh, consistently. Um, and Barkley spoke from his own personal experience. And Barkley said the the most impactful and perhaps the best thing that ever happened to him was being with the Philadelphia 76ers when Moses Malone was there. And he said uh, the year Moses came in, uh, Charles was there. Moses told him, you're fat and lazy, he flat out just told him to his face, you're fat and lazy. And he said Moses was right, and he started working out with Moses. Moses sort of took him under his wing. I don't think anybody's been in um, Zion's uh, wheelhouse in New Orleans to do that kind of thing. And unless they get a veteran leader like that on that team or they send him somewhere where he has that kind of veteran leadership, uh, I agree with, with Jason. He, he may never uh, become the player that he's capable of becoming. Part of it is that he has yeah, he to, but he's got to have leadership around him too. 
uh, yeah, Prince and stop putting on a one a one man a one man dunk contest in pre games as well. I mean that they may you know <laughs> that may you know put some life on his, on his career, NBA career as well because we know he has issues with his feet and his knees as well. So just just lay the ball up, brother. Just lay the ball up and get ready for the game. <laughs> I, I like that though. He he's really too big. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, uh, and I'm listening to what everybody you know had to say and. Uh, out of his four years, he has missed sixty-four percent of the season. You know that's that's unbelievable. I I didn't know it was that yeah, much. It's a lot. Um, yeah. Also, you know, Jason brought up a great point uh, that uh, it's it's a difference. You know, wanting just to be in the NBA and then working to stay in the NBA and He's got to get better, better people around him. And we all know, you know, having a baby and taking care of the baby, you ain't doing a lot of working out. The working out is crawling, holding, rocking, and all of that kind of stuff. He needs to get better management. And I'm surprised his agent hasn't spoke truth to him about, hey, if you want to be successful, you want longevity, this, these are some of the things you need to work on. And, and they talked today about how him and Griffin, the general manager, don't get along. And that's another reason that why, yeah, that they're going to try to move him. And he said today that he he would love to play at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking okay, you want to play for the Knicks, how is going to work with you and Julius Randle? <laughs> All right, you, coach. You, the, you both are the same type of, of players. So if mm-hmm. I'm the Knicks, do I go after Zion and get rid of Julius Randle, who who at least played 82 games? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something to yeah. think about. And my question to you guys is, is it true that he cannot walk by a biscuit? <laughs> hey, coach. Hey, coach. I was just about to say, coach. In Madison Square Garden has a lot of food carts right outside of the right building, man. So I don't know. That might be a big, a good plus spot for him. There's a lot of different places to eat there, coach. And and he has he's having a child on the way, coach. And you know how it goes when you know when 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 the mother is when the mother is pregnant. You know, sometimes the father has to eat what the mother eats, and, you know, he can't afford to do that, Coach. So it's a bad combination for sure. He is. He ain't eating with that girl. I'm, okay, I'm going to ask this. You I don't, don't know. Have to... I don't know. I'm giving a bit of a doubt. You all, did you all read the tweet by the, by the, by the other girl? Ready? Yeah, I saw. I saw some of them. I didn't. That's... I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't. No, good, good, don't do it. Reverend, don't do it. Don't go look at him. But, um, <laughs> asking him to pick a better mate. Because, you know, even if she's playing B, C, or D, you can't pick one that's that, that all like that. I mean, so. But 22. Listen 22 with yeah. 200 Listen. and some million dollar contract. And the two, he has not made good decisions, to say the least. All right, we're going to leave it there unless you all have something to talk about. I am so glad I got a chance to hear Tim 
when Morgan said something, and here, here <laughs> Duck, when John calls him Pop, hey, Pop, I didn't know that, you know. And, and you know, Jason. Hey, hey Princess, his voice is going to be deeper on uh, on sep- in September. So don't worry about that. We'll do it. <laughs> it's going to be tough under those lights. It's going to be tough under those lights. Right. Is that Penn State, Duck? Go ahead and talk yourself up. Yeah. I'm getting ready to, get ready to call him now. He should be bear crawling. He should be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim, Tim Moore. Thank you, Jason Collins. Um, and, and, Kevin, I knew you was going to check the board once you saw how this was going. Yeah, I and saw it. And then Heather was like, she, you should have went first. <laughs> so you should have went first. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That was good. But um, thank you, gentlemen. Y'all have, have All right, a great thanks. weekend. Thank you, Princess. I, I, thank hey, you. hey, Princess, okay. we're going to have Appreciate to just it. do one special Father's Day just with Rev because he missed out. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear that. My I gotta hear that. One. Yeah, I gotta hear that. <laughs> we'll try to get him yeah. to call in. We'll, we could do a special one with him. You just want him to talk about Long Island iced tea or Short Island iced tea. That's all. Sure. There you go. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Have a great. Right. Thank, you, thank again you again for Princess. taking time. Happy Father's Happy Day. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Happy yes. Father's Day to you. All. Indeed. Same to you, Coach. You as well, Sam. Happy Father's Day, Jay. Some awesome. Never had it so good. Daddy, he's a family man. Hold his family in his hands. Taught me how to be a man. Never made an excuse for a thing. Told me I could be the best ground and never stands instilling me confidence i've been lost without him hey daddy don't you know we 